0: Welcome to episode 26 of African and American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. Peace and love, family. I hope everyone is well. I am doing well. Um, I want to start this show off by making an announcement. So I know that I spoke to you all last week about how lately... You know, my ancestors been showing up to me and the spirit has been telling me that there's something that I'm supposed to be doing, something that I'm supposed to be fulfilling and I'm not doing that. Uh, so for those that don't know as well, I currently reside in Orlando, Florida. I have been here. Um, For, I would say, most of my life um, between the Orlando and surrounding areas. Um, So I'm from Philly originally. We moved to Florida when I was about eight or nine years old. And I've been here ever since. And now I love Florida. I love the weather. Um, I'm a beach bum. So I really love that the beach is only 30 minutes away (laughs) and you know, I've, I'm definitely warm blooded. I love the warm weather. Um, but like I said, I've been here most of my life and unfortunately, Orlando is the kind of city that severely lacks culture. And uh, there's a few reasons why it lacks culture. Um, first of all, it's a very new city. The city of Orlando is not one that has been around for some time and been established. Um, so whenever that happens, it no- you normally will, that city will not have the good events and museums, you know, and things that take time to develop in an area. So with what I do, I've been feeling lately like, well, you know, how much can I really do in this city When there's not really a lane for what I do or what I'm on. And this has been bothering me because I feel like your location plays a big part in your success. It it plays a huge part in the opportunities that you will have access to. I'm the kind of person, as long as the opportunities are there, I will go get them. But if I'm in a place where the opportunities don't even exist, it puts me in a hard space. So. With that being said, I would like to announce that starting next month, I will be a resident of Atlanta, Georgia, and I am looking forward to working with photographers, I'm looking forward to acting, I'm looking forward to having live tapings of African and American like so many people in the city have been reaching out to me for. I can't tell you guys how much work I get offered from Atlanta, and I'm like, Oh, I'm in Orlando, and it got to the point where it was like, okay, honey, clearly it's time to go. So I look forward to meeting everyone. Like I said, we're going to start doing live tapings of African American, uh, and where after the show we'll also have question and answers, and we'll have discussions so we can really start building. So Atlanta, get ready, your girl is coming. I'm definitely going to have a welcoming event there as well. So everyone just stay tuned. If you do not follow me on Instagram, please do so. Because that is the best way to keep up with updates about events and new products added to SixofGoddess.com. So follow me. The Instagram is goddess6footer. I'm going to spell that for you. It's G-O-D-D-I-S underscore S-I-X-F-O-O-T-A-H. This week's episode of African-American is brought to you by Dope Tribe Worldwide. You can follow them on Instagram. They are a clothing company based out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I was sent some gear by them. You can see that posted as well. They have dope t-shirts, leggings, and things of that nature. You'll just log on to tribestyles.com to order. When you log on to the website, please type in my promo code "goddess" G-O-D-D-I-S, to receive 20% off of your purchase. All right. Now, let's go ahead and get into business for this week's episode. Um, I truly believe, and, and, and this is not something that I have scientific facts to back up. <laughs> um, however, this is something that I feel is... Uh, almost common sense as to where we are right now, where we've come from and where we're going. Now, let's look at all the things that we as black people have tried to um, to gain freedom, to gain liberation. Okay, so we have tried fighting. We have tried marching. Um, We have tried boycotting we have tried begging crying pleading we've tried Christianity we've tried not being Christians we've tried getting along with white people we've tried not liking white people I can say with confidence that as of today black people have tried everything okay to go ahead and get that liberation now there is one thing that we have not tried So in my mind, in the mind of common sense, I'm going to say, okay, well, if all these things have happened for this amount of time and no results have come, it's time to go back to the drawing board and figure some things out again. So now what's something that we are extremely against, extremely unfamiliar with is what masculinity and femininity? I truly believe I believe this in my soul that Black women returning to femininity. And when I I say returning to it for a reason, all women are feminine. If a woman is not feminine, it is because some type of traumatic event has occurred within her life to cause her to become masculine. All right. So now black women embracing their femininity. Well, before you can embrace it, you have to know what it is. You have to know what it does and you have to know how to exercise it. Um, now, this is a quick side note. The type of learner that I am, you can talk to me all day about something. You can have me read 20 books on something. But until I see it in my everyday life, until I get a visual on it, I, it, it won't click to me. So when I first began my journey learning about femininity, I was just reading books and stuff like that. And I was understanding it, but I wasn't really understanding it. And I was still handling myself in some uh, situations in my life. I was handling myself masculine ways. Because I tell y'all all all the time, I just look this way. I've been thugging all my life. Okay, so I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm a woman where... I was abandoned by my family, by my child's father, and since I had nobody to protect me, it forced me to start thugging. It forced me to step my game up because I have to be strong to make sure that me and my child can survive. That is a traumatic experience, ladies. When our fathers abandon us and we have no one to protect us, that is your traumatizing experience on why you are masculinized. Okay, raising these kids on our own, lack of family support, lack of masculine protection, okay, being raped, being abused. Okay, abandonment. These are traumatizing events. I want us all to say it three times I have been traumatized. I have been traumatized. I have been traumatized. Once we can stop putting on that front, like I'm fine, I'm strong, nothing's wrong, we can start to heal. The first step to healing is to admit that you need to heal. If you have been traumatized, sisters, I'm not going to say that's fine because I don't want to see us be traumatized. But what I will say is you can recover from it, but you will not recover from it if you act like it doesn't bother you. All right. So now my whole life, you know, so uh, another side story, when my, when my brother and I were young, my mother was very sick from about nine years old to when I was about 18, when she passed away. So I was forced to step into that masculine role from, uh, from a child, OK, so now you have me who I grew up being in charge of my mom, in charge of my younger brother, having and, and and in my life. Had I not done what I did, me and my brother would have been taken away, would have been in foster care. So I was never allowed to be afraid, never allowed to be scared. And I always had to figure it out. So now I've developed a masculine persona. So now I go into my my adult life. And I, I used to be the kind of woman where I would fight men. I didn't care if you were a man or a woman. I'll get in your face. And, and sometimes I look back to some of the men that I fought with and I'm just like, oh, my God, the woman I am today, I would never do that. <laughs> and that's OK, because look how I grew. Now had if I would have sat around saying, oh, I don't I don't give a damn. I no can't nobody try me. I what I've been doing, it been working, so it's fine, I would still be doing that and I would have still been playing myself. So sisters. You know, I know that sometimes y'all feel like, oh, six, the goddess be coming down on us. Oh, she ain't never got nothing nice to say about you. No, I just know how good it feels to change, how good it feels to grow. And I want that for my sisters. So I'm I am just stating this just so nobody comes to me crying like, oh, six, the goddess, you hurt my feelings. No, I'm talking about me, too. Okay, let me just go ahead and put that out there. I am also talking about myself. I am learning myself as well. If me as your sister, man, if I can't come to you about an issue, who can? All right. So, um, all right. Now, that's a side note. So, this is why I was masculine. I was masculine as a survival tactic, which is the case for most black women. Most of us did not be born and wake up and be like, yes, I want to be extremely aggressive and masculine. You know what I'm saying? No, no, that ain't the way it went. Uh, Most of us, 95% of us, life just made us that way. All right. And that's fine because you survived because you made it because you still here. All right. But I don't know about y'all. I'm sick of surviving. I'm ready to start living. I'm ready to be feminine so that I can have a healthy masculine male. I'm ready to be feminine so that way I can start to work smart, not hard. We as black women can definitely say that we have proved that we can work hard, okay? I think everybody knows that feminine women do not work hard, okay? Feminine women work smart. So now you have these women who have been masculinized. Now we have to go through the process to detox ourselves from the masculinity. Now, back to what I was saying earlier, child, I just went on a whole tangent, Anyway, (laughs) so that's what I was saying initially. Now, if you're like me, you need to see the visual on something in order to learn about it. So what I started doing is observing Asian women, observing certain types of Caucasian women, observing Latina women, women who have the reputation for being feminine. And as I observe them just in my everyday life, you know, because... At the end of the day, we can learn from anyone, and and this is and I want to make this clear: us learning from other races of women on how to be feminine, how to apply um, femininity in our everyday life, is not putting women of other races above you. Um, other races of women have not had their wombs and their femininity attacked. So, of course, they're feminine because there is not an intricate military funded intel system that is trying to rob them of their femininity. That's why they're still feminine. However, we can still capitalize on that. Everything that happens in life, find a way to capitalize on it. So as opposed to me saying, oh, you always want Spanish girls. Oh, you always want Asian girls. Well, what is it about them that they want? You know what it is they want? The femininity. Some men don't even realize that that's what that that's attracting them. They think, oh, I just don't like black women because they're this and that. They don't even know what you're attracted to in this woman is that feminine balance. So me, I'm not too good. Okay, let me go ahead and observe y'all. Let me go ahead and see what you're doing that these niggas love so much. (laughs) Okay, I don't understand what's the big deal about that. It's okay to humble ourselves to say, all right, I need to learn from someone else. That does not make you any less intelligent or any less smart. That's, that's called, that is actually being intelligent. If someone else can teach you something for free, take it. Knowledge is power. So, um... Again, if you follow my Instagram, I recently put a post up about this, um, and it's a beautiful example of femininity and how it can be applied in our everyday life when we have an altercation because people get tried every day, B., you know what I'm saying? So as women, we're going to get tried. We're going to get disrespected. But it's all about how do we handle ourselves when that happens? Um, so if you follow me, go ahead and check that out, because um, like I said, I'm the kind of person. Yeah, you can explain it to me, but I really need to see it, because if I can see it, then I can say, all right, this is a visual aid on you know how I can conduct myself if this situation should come up. So check that out. Um uh, as I see more healthy examples of femininity, I will start posting them as well. Um because I really I have an agenda here. I have an agenda here because once the women, I ain't going to say the women. I'm going to say our women. So once our women can return to our femininity, um And the men return to their masculinity. I'm not excluding them. I'm simply not talking about them right now. Now, common sense tells us, of course, the men need to be masculine as well. All right. That's not something where we need to like, oh, don't forget about them. Okay, we know that. Um, I'm just talking about us in that moment. So Yeah, I want to start posting more stuff like that because that'll really give us um, those real life examples. Once we embrace our femininity, we embrace so many other things as well. Because what are some things that femininity means? Femininity means nurturing. It means healing. It means life-giving. It means life-sustaining. All right. So if we can provide those things to our people, that's how we really get free. That's how we really get um, liberated. And and that's why you don't see examples of feminine black women on TV that often, because we really have to do this system really depends on black women being aggressive and masculine. It, it, it really depends on that. Black women being feminine will crush that whole system. Okay, because guess what happens when the women are feminine? The children are properly educated. And what happens when children are properly educated? They are less likely to be bad husbands and wives. They are less likely to end up in jail. They are less likely to commit crimes. They are more likely to be securing themselves and their culture. I tell y'all all the time, the key is in the woman. Once the women get healthy, everything else falls into place. And another thing, I know that it's coming where someone's going to say, well, um, you spent the whole episode on the women. When is the next episode on the men? Now, all I can do as a woman is say to a man, this is what I would like for you to do for me. That's all I can do. I, we as women, we cannot enforce masculinity on men. As a woman, we should not be in no man's face telling him about what he needs to do or what he should do. This is how femininity works. Femininity says, my femininity is healthy and secure. Therefore, I require my mate's masculinity to also be healthy and secure. Now, uh, the feminine way to handle that is as opposed to getting into his face like, oh, nigga, you need to do this. You need to do that. You know what femininity does? It says, you know what, if you're not going to play your part in your masculine role, then I will simply ignore you feminine women don't argue with men to be men they simply ignore the men who are not men that's it i'm not going to police you about not being a man i'm not a man i can't do that that is the job of other men to go to their brothers and say listen bro you slipping listen bro you ain't handling your business like a man that is their job as brothers to check each other it's not my job to do that our job is to not fuck with that okay you see how that works femininity is silent it says nothing okay now that's how you get men to step their game up okay you just don't fuck with them you just don't fuck with them at all and then they don't have a choice but because men need women so if you just say if you're not being a real man we are simply not going to acknowledge you that is what's going to make men say okay let me step my game up as a man not by arguing with them or getting in their face that's just that's just not the way it works so uh, I definitely am going to do an episode on what women want from men. Um, but it's not today. <laughs> but it's not today. Um, so that's why I say that femininity is the key. That And it's the only thing that we have not tried. And if you want to do an experiment, okay, just in case somebody think I'm tripping, go to a black woman. And tell her, (laughs) tell her that you think that she should really stay in her feminine lane. Say, okay, you know how they say if you say the F word to gay people, it's like saying faggot to gay people is the worst thing. With black women, we have an F word too. And it's feminine. It's femininity. For some reason, we get so angry when someone tells us that word. Like, be feminine. Stay in your lane. That is number one way to piss off a black woman. So now that you see that you've been so programmed to get angry at the mere idea of being feminine, that should tell you right there that that is where the power lies. That means that this system is going out their way to make sure that black women do not be feminine. Because if black women really become feminine, we are taking over. If we, that is the only thing that we are lacking. We are the most beautiful. We have the most beautiful, strongest bodies. Okay? We have universal mothers of the earth genetics. Okay? We are melanated. We are supreme beings. So if we also master our femininity, we're going to put everybody else out of business. And that's why you're so programmed to hate it. That's why you're so programmed to where when you hear feminine, your first thought is, uh-uh, I'm not going to be some weak, bitch. Uh-uh, I ain't, I don't care about what no man think about me. I don't care about that. No. Why do you feel like that? What, and, and whenever I have consultations with these women, as y'all know, I do feminine consulting work and, and I ask them, I say, sister, so when I tell you to stay in your feminine lane, why are you mad? And, and if you ask them like, well, you know, why is it bothering you? They don't have an answer. They don't even know. You've just been programmed to look at it as something negative. When you hear femininity, you think that means uh, caring about what a man think and your life revolving around a man. No, somebody falsely programmed you to think that that is what it was in order to discourage you from embracing it. Because embracing your femininity will save your people. Okay, we much rather y'all niggas keep fighting and, and marching. OK, we don't need men. We don't need black men being healthy and masculine. And we definitely don't need black women being healthy and feminine. That is what we cannot have. So we're going to put all these gay and transgendered black men on TV and we're going to make all the black women be super aggressive and manly. All right. So um, when I encourage you as a woman to embrace your femininity, I am encouraging your life, all right? I'm I'm not saying it to dumb you down or to oppress you. I am saying this to literally save our people. And yes, yes, it is that serious. Anyway, uh, King or Queen of the the Week is up next.
1: You know, my mother used to say that. She said um, an, an African woman will do anything she has to do to feed her child. And she didn't know none of this. Okay, I mean, she knew it, you know, in another sense. But she hadn't read all of this stuff. She hadn't done the research. Um, said uh, Ma'at, Asasaya, the, the earth. Asasaya, the creator, actually. Asasaya, who works along with uh, Nyame. And people need to look at that. Asasaya among the Akan people. Very important Asasaya. Her ne- that, that name is said, and we say her, but we don't really mean her. You know, in the sense of we are her. We're talking about um, a, a an energy. We're talking about a force. Thank you very much, Mama Sophia. We're talking um, um, uh, uh, about a, a way of tapping into a force that we need if we are to be healthy. Let us not lose that. Let us not lose it because of the religious uh, conceptions that we have um, taken on for survival and then allowed our minds to be, and our spirits, to be incarcerated in. Let us not deny this divine female principle. Okay? Oya, um, Oshun, oh yeah, oh Oshun, oh Oshun. Oh um, that that, that uh, divinity of, of femaleness, Oshun. Oh the essence of, of femininity. Um, yemoja, the mother the mother, Yamaja, the ocean. These are forces, spirits, and energies along with Ogun, Shango, that have allowed us to be warriors on this continent and in South America and in the Caribbean. They have, we have performed ritual dances to them with, with weapons in our hands because Oya becomes the warrior when she needed to be the warrior. And that's what the African mother does. And the next one
0: is... That was an excerpt from a lecture from Marimba Ani um, as I said before, I have a lot of people that ask me, like, so who should I? Whose book should I read? Who should I look up if I want to learn more about ourselves and our people? Who should I? Uh, that is one of them. I am a huge fan of Marimba Ani. Um, uh, Marimba Ani, she is a uh, she. Well, I don't want to say that. I want to say she's an author because she's definitely more than that. Um, but she, I believe, she went to University of Chicago. Um, And she does anthropology. Now, my most favorite book that she has written is called Yorugu. And it's basically like a psychological breakdown of the behavior of the European. Um, But I especially love her uh, lectures. Only because I love the way she speaks. She speaks in a way where... Uh, she she demands that attention, and she knows how to talk in ways that you will learn. So, um, the spelling of her name is Marimba, M-A-R-I-M-B-A, space Ani, A-N-I. So, don't say I never did anything for y'all, because I've been dropping gems on y'all these past few episodes with, you know, the scholars, the authors that we need to be... Um, you know, paying attention to. So, uh yeah, the game meant to be sold, not told. But I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all. To, to say a few words, and then I will go into the other incidents as well and
1: then take any questions. Sir? Um, we are, um, unfortunately, we have to help our own family right now. Um, we have supported a lot of families due to community violence. This is special. This is family. Um, they didn't ask, of staff. Those are baby girls are our children. So we need the community, especially the African-American community, to stand down right now. We don't need, I'm at fear right now. We don't know if this was racist. We don't know if it was random. We don't know what it was. But we're asking the African, African-American community to stand down right now. Let's get this information to find out what really happened. Let's find out the right facts so then we're able to deal with the situation. If anything, please share the post. Look at the
0: pictures. Um, come out today. We have them. I would um, like to dedicate this next segment to our beautiful child, um, our beautiful sister, uh, Miss Nia Wilson, and who is now an ancestor of ours. Uh, if you have not heard by now, Nia Wilson was murdered having her throat slit by a a cracker, by a white supremacist cracker at a train station in Oakland. Her sister was also injured. However, she survived her injuries. Miss Nia Wilson uh, did transition. What you just heard was her godfather, who just stood up, in front of the city of Oakland and, as you heard, told them to, and I quote, stand down, okay? All right, so I want to talk about this. Now, before we go into this, I just want to say that we are all a family as black people, for sure. However, when it comes time for things like vengeance, um, and, uh, and self-defense in certain ways, that is something that is up to that person's immediate family. I know me, I get super emotionally invested in my people and things that occur with us. And I'm pretty sure that was the case for many of us where we're reading this story and we're like, what? You know what I'm saying? We got to find that cracker. That cracker got to go. Okay, that cracker got to go. And I know that that was the reaction for many of us. Because I know that was my reaction. You know what I'm saying? The the first thing I'm thinking is, okay, so y'all out there in Oakland, y'all ain't going to slit his throat? You know what I'm saying? That's the first thing I'm thinking is, so how long before he did? All right? And like I said, I, I know many of us probably felt that same way. Plus... That's a child. I mean, yeah, she was 18, but child, that's a child. Okay, so you killed one of our children for no reason and you're still alive. Do y'all know what would happen if, can you just, I mean, let's just imagine. I mean, for shits and giggles, let's just imagine a black man, okay, (laughs) walking up on an 18-year-old white child, white female child. And coming up from behind her and slitting her throat and letting her bleed out in cold blood on a train station platform. Let's just imagine. Let's take a vote on how long would it take before he was hung by the nearest tree. Have we even ever heard of a story like that? Like black man runs up on random white girl child and... I mean, I've never even heard of anything like that, okay? So, and and why is that? Why do we not hear about black men murdering white children? Why is that something that we're just not seeing? And the reason why is because what I just said, because black men know, they know. You touch that white girl, her daddy, her brothers, cousins, uncles, and everybody is going to kill you. We know that. That's the way it goes. That's the way it's supposed to go. People, you. we have to really understand the psychology behind just humans, just around people. We in, in our perfect world, we want people to do the right thing because they're just good people and they just are going to do the right thing. Unfortunately, that is simply not the way it works. Nine times out of 10, people are not going to do the right thing unless it, it, there's something either in it for them or unless doing the quote-unquote right thing benefits them or keeps them safe in some way. Nine times out of ten, people are not just going to be nice to you and do what they're supposed to do just because you are you and you are that amazing. Uh, Unfortunately, that's just not the way it goes. So you don't hear about black men touching white kids because he knows that that is his life. Black men don't not touch white kids because they're just so nice because they're just good people like that. They don't touch white kids cuz they know it means they will be touched. All right? So when 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 this man, you know, gets up here and and you know what? Everybody is allowed to do what they want for themselves. Cuz what happens is when you have families get up on the stand and say things like, "Oh, stand down. Oh, I don't want anyone." What happens is the usually the police department for the county that they that the incident happens in will ask the family to make that announcement to protect the victim. So they'll say, "Let's get someone from her family to ask everyone to not be violent. That way we don't have to worry about any, you know, vengeance." <laughs> and then what that also comes with most of the time is a paycheck. So they will actually pay the family to get up there and say, hey, we don't want anyone retaliating. And eye for eye makes the whole world blame. They pay them to get up there and say that. To, you know, like I said, to protect their victims. Because, um, I'm sorry, not their victims, but to uh, protect their suspects. So when they ended up reprimanding the cracker that that murdered her, Okay, they arrested him like Tinkerbell. Like they were flying around with fairy dust, like putting his hands ever so gently into handcuffs and making sure that everything was just a okay and making sure he was comfortable. Then you got her godfather telling everybody to stand down. So I just I just wanna I just wanna make it clear why that's dangerous. Now you have some gangs. You have gangs in Cali, you have some gangs in Detroit, (coughs) excuse me, that don't ever have to worry about police brutality. They never have to worry about the police killing any of their children or anything like that. And you know why? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to make that announcement right now. There are black people, Latino people in America that do not experience police brutality. There are minorities in this country that do not have to worry about the police killing their children. Yeah, I said it. And y'all can write it down, sign, seal, deliver. I said it. Six, the goddess just said it. The idea that minorities in this country have to be susceptible to police brutality and police murder is a myth. And I'm going to tell you why that's a myth. Because as I stated, there are gangs that the police do not bother because the gangs have made it extremely clear to the police that if you touch me, if you touch my child. You kill my child, I will kill yours. (laughs) You kill one of ours, we killing one of yours. And they put that in blood so that they know we're dead serious. And you know what happens? Guess what happens? The police don't touch them. They are able to live their lives without being harassed by the police. That is the only thing that will keep black people or minorities, however you want to call it safe in the United States. When you have Negroes get in front of their people and tell them to stand down, what you are doing is you are enabling other black children to be murdered without consequence. What you are doing is you are shitting on the life of that child that was lost. If one of our children is lost, One of theirs needs to be lost. That is just the way it goes. So that's why I'm to the point where it's like, all I can do is focus on my family and my tribe. Because when we still got niggas telling us to stand down, I find them to be detrimental. And I find them to be extremely damaging to us as a people. Because what you're basically saying is that you want us to just sit and be sitting ducks. And you want us to continue to hope that the police are going to leave us alone. That's not the way it works. And I will say it one more time. There are black people in this country who do not ever experience police brutality. When you are dealing with savages, you have to become a savage. It's the way it goes. So when we're dealing with these savage ass crackers, aka Cracker Gang, aka the police, the only way... To get them to leave you alone is if if that cracker say, if I kill this little black girl, somebody is going to come after my daughter. He won't do it. <laughs> they won't do it. You understand what I'm saying? That is the only way if, if they knew if we if we murder this black man, his people are going to come forward and kill one of us. They won't do it. It has been proven. It is still being done today. Especially when you are dealing with men, because men have a natural instinct to protect. So, in his mind, if he knows, okay, if I do this to this guy, this is going to put my family in danger, he will think twice or he will not do it at all. And I just want to state this for the record, (laughs) okay? And this is not. To speak negatively or anything like that. But just stating it for the record, uh, if anything was to ever happen to me, okay, and y'all get on TV and say that you want niggas to stand down and that violence is not the answer, I will haunt you in your sleep. When you go to bed at night, I will pull the covers off your feet. I will make your feet cold every night. Okay? Every time you go to make a bowl of cereal, I will pour the milk down the drain. I will make your life a living hell. If a cracker kill me, that cracker need to be dead by the end of the day. One of y'all niggas need to handle it if I do not have a husband at the time. And that's another thing. Black women who are unmarried. It becomes your job as men in her community to defend her. So let's say a cracker killed me and I'm, I'm not married. It is your job as a community of brothers to find him and murk his ass. That's the way it works. That's the way it has worked as an African community. That's the way it's always worked. So I'm just putting that out there because I imagine nia wilson our ancestor transitioning and then watching the men in her family say oh we're not gonna do anything to him i imagine that's probably pissed her off i know i would be pissed off i wish i would be dead and i see you know the men in my family talking about son and we want to leave him alone man i'll haunt your ass i'm coming back to life (laughs) you know what i'm saying so uh yeah now if if y'all are not willing to do that then you can't really complain about police this, police that. Y'all are men. Put that police shit aside. You are men. There is only one way for a man to defend his family. A man will never defend his family by begging his enemies to leave them alone. Ooh. I love this week's episode. Well, actually, I love every week's episode. Um. So just real quick because y'all know we run out of time every week y'all know that every week we we go to having a good time and then before you know it it's time to end the show but anyway just real quick before we go so I have people that will say things like well how do you know that someone is a real woman or a good woman well how do you know if someone is a real man or a good a good man and I say I mean there's always ways to tell just like you know when you go in the market and you are buying uh, fruit. There's, there's things you can look for in that fruit to be able to tell if it's ripe or not, right? You know, there are, there are factors and there are characteristics about this that will make you know whether or not it is or is not ready to eat, ready for the picky. Now, it's the same with men and women, okay? So, modern day, I call it modern day millennial... Feminist poo poo. I'm talking about do do. Diarrhea doo do. Is this whole um, this whole movement, like, oh, we are women, and as a woman, we do not gotta be in shape, we don't gotta be fashionable, we don't gotta be feminine, we don't gotta have sex, we don't have to shave, we, and it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold up, baby, hold on, baby, <laughs> hold on, honey, let, let, let's take a second right here, so, the, the millennial feminist poo-pooers, They got a long list of things that women don't got to do and don't have to do. And so my question and my response to these long lists of things that women supposedly don't have to do is, so what are the things that we do have to do? <laughs> okay, so women nowadays got a long list of what they're not going to do. So what are you going to do? All right, I mean, that, that's my only question. So it's kind of narcissistic to ask men to provide, protect, protect, To make you come and eat your vagina and do all this. And then it's like, but in return, I don't have to do anything because I'm a woman and I'm powerful and I don't need anyone's approval. And yeah, no, no, it does not work like that. Yes, we have standards that we hold men to and rightfully so. We have things that we expect of them. And that's never been a problem. But when it comes time to us as women, for someone to put those standards on us, like, okay, like with like the things we use to tell whether or not this fruit is ripe, we also can tell what are some things we need to make sure to be this woman is ripe, you know, that that she's ready for the picking, that she's where she's supposed to be. Okay, because you cannot. And and and, and, and when, when people say things like, oh, as a woman, we don't have to do anything. What does that really mean? Because isn't that kind of what life is about? That's what life is. You do things that you have to do. There are many things that we may not want to do, but we have to do. And And there's nothing wrong with being told that there are things you have to do or knowing that you have certain responsibilities that you must have. Okay, but... We cannot ask things of our men if we're not also having things that we're going to ask of ourselves. So if, if we don't have to be feminine, then what is the alternative? Is, uh, there's only two ways, either masculine or feminine. So to tell women, oh, you don't have to be feminine. I mean, that basically says that they, they have to be masculine. Like, I, I'm not sure, you know, as to, as to how that works. <laughs> I, I, I'm not really sure as to, you know, where we go from there. And, and that's why, you know, I try to push all the time like, listen, it is okay for women to have standards. Now, what are some things that uh, all women have to do? And yes, I say have to. I know we all hate that word, but have to do. Now, as a woman, um, what, what do you have to do? Yes, you have to be a healer. Now, part of being a healer is knowing how to um, prepare herbs to, to heal sicknesses. It's also about knowing how to cook, knowing how to cook healthy meals for your family. Yes, these are things you have to do. What are some other things women have to do? Women have to be intelligent because if you are, if your job as a woman is to educate, is to be the educator, if you as a woman are the first teacher, then that requires you to have a brain, which is why the whole feminism means being dingy is not true. It actually is a total opposite. It actually means that you have the requirement to have intelligence because you will need that to fulfill your duties as a woman. Okay. Um, as a woman, you have to Value yourself. So what things come into valuing yourself? Staying in shape is part of valuing yourself. Telling women that they could just be fat and not cook and not have to shave. Why are you telling them that? (laughs) Yes, you do need to be in shape. Yes, you do need to exercise. Is you being fat like, oh my God, you're fat because you're just so fat, ugly and stupid? No, fat is unhealthy. So that's why it's wrong not because you know you're a bad person because you're fat. no a part of being a feminine woman, a part of the things that um, a part of the things that make you a woman, once again, things you look for to figure out whether that fruit is ripe or not is how well a woman takes care of herself. And that's not anyone making you do anything. That's just life. Yes, as a woman, you should always be clean, have good hygiene. You should always listen before you leave the house, even if you're just throwing on some quick mascara, lip gloss or something, you know, not leaving the house with a bonnet and sweatpants with a hole in it. You know, just taking pride in yourself. Yes, those are your those are your duties That is your lane as a feminine woman. Uh, Another part of self-love as a woman is not abusing your body. Okay, so when we look at the Amber Roses and the Instagram models and the strippers and we look at how they're basically like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It don't matter. Niggas do it. You can sleep whoever you want to sleep with as long as you get some money, as long as you make them pay. That's not being feminine. A feminine woman is not allowing access to to her body by multiple men. That is a sign of self-hatred. That is your womb. Your children are going to grow in there. So if this is where your children are going to grow, that is not the place to be letting a bunch of men into. That's not, oh, don't tell me what to do. That is your health. It's real deal diseases out here. And even if you are not a promiscuous woman, you could be with a man that's promiscuous, okay, and, and and carry diseases to yourself. So this is why a feminine woman says, okay, I need to be with a man that is sleeping with just me, monogamous with just me. This is not. Oh, you're a woman, so you should keep your legs closed and sit down and shut up. No, it's not. There's a reason behind it. It's not, oh, you shouldn't sleep around because you just shouldn't and men can. No, 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 no. It's called it is detrimental to your body. It is unsafe for your body. That's not being a feminine woman. A feminine woman demands respect for her body. And in your mind, by someone saying, stop sleeping around, you're like, oh, you can't tell me what to do or why. It doesn't affect me. It's just sex. I don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever you tell yourself. Whatever you tell yourself. Meanwhile, you don't caught five STDs, had three abortions, and then when your time comes for you to want to have a child, your child can't grow in your womb because you abused it. This is about you, sister. It's not about oh, I want to do what men do. It's not about that. This is about protecting yourself. Okay. And then, you know, when we talk about the balance of men and women, men are given the greater physical strength and women are given the greater mental strength. So whenever you dumb yourself down to compare yourself to a man, you play yourself because you're smarter than him. Sorry, brothers. I know y'all mad, but it's true. This is how we balance each other. Like I said, you guys are stronger physically, but we are stronger mentally. Don't get in your feelings. It's the truth. So, um, so when you say, oh, men do it, they're stupid and they're idiots. So why are you comparing yourself to what they do? You're way smarter than that. Sorry, guys. Again, I feel so bad talking about y'all like this, but y'all know on the show, I just keep it a thousand. So yeah, that's, that's what I want to just convey is, you know, as women, I, I me personally, I don't want to hear about what you don't got to do. Because to me, that's just negative. That's just, you know, that's not getting us anywhere. I want to hear about what do you want to (laughs) do, okay? So what is important? Sisters, y'all got it messed up. If in your mentality, you're supposed to be able to look any way you want, do whatever you want with no kind of standards, then you're going to be single forever. And some women, they have developed a a defense mechanism to where they tell themselves that they're okay with that. And if that's what you want to tell yourself, sister, if that's what gets you through, then by all means do so. But for the women that are looking to build, for the women that are looking to be wives, we have to humble ourselves. For a long time, no one has been allowed to tell black women about themselves because we're the mothers. This all goes back to what I say all the time. We are the mothers of the earth. So we all know. What, what happens? We all know. So if, if you as a child was to ever go to your mama and be like, Ma, you know what? You really need to. Let's go through some of the common black mom responses one would get from saying that. <clears throat> so the first black <laughs> black mom response would probably be, I ain't got to do nothing but stay black and die. Or I ain't, I ain't got to do a fuck thing. <laughs> we all know it. I guarantee you, even as adults, everybody, this your homework. We're doing a social experiment. Go to your mama and tell your mama, hey, mom, I think you need to start cooking three meals a day. I think you need, and see her response. See if she don't rip your head off. <laughs> okay, we, we've been programmed like that, but sisters, The brothers got to be able to come to us and tell us what they need from us, what they want from us. And we can't get offended about that. Yeah, us being the mothers of the earth. Yeah, we get sensitive when someone come and tell us what we need to do. But if it is our job to nurture the children, to nurture the men, okay, if it's our job to heal them, then we also have to humble ourselves and allow them to give standards to us. Okay. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. That ain't being weak. That's not being weak. That's not being walked all over or anything like that. That's actually healthy. Okay. Um, so family, I love you. I love this week's episode. I'm so glad we had this discussion. Remember, we are live at Return of the Gods, August 10th, 11th, and 12th in San Diego at the World Cultural Event Center. I am, I, I, my bags are packed already, okay? I'm at the airport right now. (laughs) I'm ready to go. I am so excited to meet all of you. We have some serious um, guests coming through for the event. We got Queen Afua, we got Ayana Gregory, we got Soleil, we got Cyrock the MC coming through, and of course, your girl Six the Goddess is going to be there as well. I will be out there with makeup. I will be out there with products. I also will, uh, will be there. There's many events going on that weekend, sisters. If you do need makeup done for any events, I will be there prepared to take clients because I'm always working. I, I, I will find more work to work while I'm somewhere working. So I'm like, OK, I'm going out there to work and host. Now, how can I work some more while I'm there? That's what I do. because I'm a workaholic. So Um, I will be out there with products. I will have curl cream. I will have highlighter. I will have jewelry. And I will have a beard moisturizer for men out there. Like I said, ladies, if you do need makeup done for any events, I will be offering my services as well. I am looking forward to uh, connecting. I'm looking forward to networking. Return of the Gods is like a big conscious people family reunion. (laughs) In the beautiful city of San Diego, San Diego is, in my humble opinion, the most beautiful city on the West Coast. So the weather, I declare, the weather is going to be great. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be hot. We're going to be out there looking good. We're going to have positive energy. We're going to party. We're going to have fun. We're going to pray. Uh, So... I will be hosting the Saturday Night Awards Ceremony, and uh, so if you see me there, please don't be afraid to speak. Like I said, I am very anxious to connect with everybody. You can go on returnofthegods.com in order to purchase tickets, and we will see you there. Uh, I hope that everybody enjoyed this week's episode of African and American, and as always, peace, love, and black power. We'll see you next week.